0: To the Kicking and Screaming podcast, I am one of your co-hosts, Vanessa Guerrero. I'm your other co-host,
1: also Vanessa Guerrero.
0: No, we have a new bit.
1: No, I, I'm Elijah, the other co-host. Hello.
0: <laughs> and uh, joining us today is somebody who is far more charmed by Elijah's bits. Uh, that, I mean, I am charmed <laughs> by your bits, honey. I'm charmed you by are your bits. So
2: close. <laughs> oh, this would get him the who first. Finds him.
1: Someone who finds him more charming than I I do. I find you charming.
0: (laughs) I've just been dealing with eight weeks of your bits. Um, (laughs) No, but Um, I I like your bits. Let's let's get to the
1: guest. (laughs) Anyways,
0: you you might have heard our guest before uh, on his podcast, reviewing movies with his socialist pastor father. Uh, Give it up for John Michael Bond. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? (laughs) Uh, I love...
3: Elijah Pitts. I just want to be 100% clear. Yay. <laughs> they land 75% of the time, which is, yes. that's like a Norm MacDonald clearance rate. Like most people can't get that with me. <laughs> Incredible.
0: Yep.
1: W- would you like to uh, take over potentially uh, co-hosting a genre film podcast? Oh, no. I
3: I would 100% be able to do that. That would be, like you're irreplaceable, but I am an insufferable nerd and we've never said no to an opportunity. Not a single time. Perfect. Yeah. Let's <laughs> do Actually, it.
0: I think the day that I introduced you and Elijah, we watched seven Jala movies in a row.
3: Yeah, we, we did. did. Yeah. And we're we were energized before each one. <laughs> yeah. That it just got more and more powerful. Yeah. That was, I, honestly, I feel like that was uh, one of the, the things that cemented us as people who would be friends was just, like, kind of getting to, like, sniff butts like dogs. Uh, after <laughs> like watching a, a, a series of all good but wildly different quality levels of yeah, and, and getting true, to like riff after them. You very rarely get that kind of like nerd trial by fire.
0: Yeah, that usually takes like a year to do. And in one day we got seven movies. We got all of each other reacting to Torso uh, and, and then uh, you and John Michael bonded over being disgusted by my love of pickle juice. Yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah. Both of our brides. That was. Love a dill love, love yeah. a nice shot of dill pickle juice. It's so gross. <laughs> it is Hell the best. grossest thing about both of them.
0: Oh man, wait until I tell your wife that it also helps with restless leg. Oh god. It'll <laughs>
3: please our family budget can only handle so many pickle jars. <laughs>
0: Um I'm actually really excited to have you on this episode A because I've been dying to have you on anyway. You're one of my favorite people to just like talk about genre movies with, getting stoned on your floor and playing with your cats while we watch movies is truly one of my favorite things in the universe. Um, but also because you made the rare choice of picking a movie that neither of us have seen. Yeah, yeah. which
1: is awesome. Oh, so man. stoked about that.
3: That's There is I mean like as a genre fan, there is no greater feeling in the world than your friends saying, "Oh, what I've never seen that." Especially, right? it really is
0: though. <laughs> like,
3: are you kidding me? You've never been kissed? Oh my god! Like, I I freak out so much about it. Uh, and I know. And also, this movie I, is I always... so unassuming. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> that's
0: sh- the word of the day.
3: <laughs> I feel like you guys have walked past it. Like it's 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 a thing where I would like yes. slugs, and you're like, I've seen that. Surely I've seen that. And then you're like you get to your Oops. first exploding <laughs> person and you're like, What the fuck is this?
0: <laughs> so since you know the creature now, uh John Michael what I'm movie so have sorry, you we can edit around. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, fine. no, no, no. We keep everything I, in. We okay, need them cool. to know so who sorry. we
3: are. I literally did it like two weeks ago. I did the exact same thing where I got
0: I've too hyped and times.
1: the
3: title too early. <laughs> uh, the completely by surprise feature presentation this week is <laughs> Slugs, a 1988 film by a Frenchman whose name I will not attempt to uh, pronounce, uh, Jean-Pierre Simon, maybe? Uh, Who also directed gore pieces. I, yeah. think he's a, I think he's a Spaniard. Is he a Spanish guy? He? Yeah, he's oh, from uh, Catalan. No, yeah, oh he's
1: he's Catalan, so he's Juan Piquer <sighs> Simon.
3: I thought I was disrespecting a Frenchman and that's okay socially, but
1: No, you were disrespecting uh half of my people. Well that's you know yeah, colonizers. That's, that's okay.
3: I still yeah, like you guys I can I, I think I can give you a, a You've done some on bad it,
1: stuff, you know? <laughs> uh oh yeah, that's no, <laughs> terrible terrible nothing, that <laughs>
3: <laughs> nothing that a Protestant can relate to. valid. Uh, <laughs> 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 Anyways, uh,
0: Slugs. <laughs> yes, I'm a massive Pieces fan, yet for some reason I had never given Slugs a chance mm-hmm. until you. I uh, I
1: fully thought I had seen it. I literally the thing that you described was me 100% you were like, "Yeah, have you guys seen Slugs?" and I was like, yeah, "Of course I've have probably seen Slugs. Mm-hmm. Why would I not have?" And then we started watching it and I was like, "Wait, I I don't think I've seen this." And I like, you know, I've seen worms Mm -hmm. and like toads you Mm -hmm. know i've seen so many like slightly similar kind of vermin creature movies that i was like you know of course yeah yeah yeah, no ticks for sure i was like of course i've seen this one (laughs) totally under the radar (laughs) and it blew my fucking
3: mind (laughs) it's it's such a beautiful example of what can happen if you take like a, a quintessentially cliched genre idea and just decide to go bananas with it you know, like, you've seen, yeah. like, it's just a riff on the, like, we got to change something in town and no one wants to because it's inconvenient for the mayor. Like, right? It's, it's like a common trope in creature features. And every time they're like, okay, what do you expect us to do? What's the grossest way we can change your expectation?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and using a creature that we've all seen many times mm-hmm. uh, that we already find pretty revolting yeah. is kind of perfect I mean I I all right we've argued about this I think
1: I think the slugs are pretty cool intrinsically every time I see a slug in nature I'm like yes I get really pumped up they've got the little things in the front the little doodads but
3: but that's the thing bro that makes them the perfect predator because like people like me and Ness we're like oh gross I don't want to step on that I remember how gross and hard it was to get it off my foot last time and you're like ooh, I'm gonna touch this slug that's how people die man that's true Either way, like yeah, you're right.
1: You know, it's got us
3: both. They're unassuming. You guys aren't gonna squish it, yeah. If you're if you're a booger that people want to cuddle, you're gonna get around, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's That's where slugs. That's where they hit on the the gross scale.
0: That's (laughs) where slugs slug in. They
3: truly are the apex predator. (laughs)
0: Truly, one time Elijah and I were going on a walk together. And uh, I think I was like a couple feet ahead when I realized that Elijah was no longer on this walk with me. Mm-hmm. And it was after dark and it was kind of misty. So I was just like, oh God, I hope he didn't like fall back or something. <laughs> and I turn around and I see Elijah like squatting over the biggest slug I've ever seen. And he's fist pumping and yelling, go, 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 go. <laughs> it's like, he's like cheering it on across the sidewalk. And that's what he left me to wander off into the night for.
1: It was a really good it was like a champion level slug. It was huge. (laughs) It was trucking along really fast. I just I had to I had to let him know he was appreciated. I
3: I can't imagine until this moment what a Zen race would be like, but I feel like that would be it. Everyone just kind of sits around and meditates. By the time you're done meditating they move like three inches and you can be like, whoa, and then you meditate again. man exactly. i
1: want
0: to start at the slug did... races <laughs> oh yeah.
1: my god please do
0: he'd show up to all of them and cheer <laughs> on the best one i'll be
1: the number one slug race gambler america's um,
0: sweetest boy to ask
3: <laughs> yeah? america's
0: sweetest slug boy uh how did you first come across slugs
3: okay uh i was uh th- this is kind of like, like my genre origin story in many ways um
0: Oh my I, god!
3: This movie is like wildly oh. important to me. Um, when I was a kid, are we breaking this story for the first time? I don't think I've ever talked about it uh, on, on a <gasps> podcast or anything. This um,
1: is this is a breaking exclusive.
3: Everyone, John Michael Bond's origin story. So like, I'm 37, and people of my age, uh, video stores are wildly important, especially in like the mm-hmm. South. Um, like it, like I don't live in, I didn't live in a small town in Tennessee. I lived in like the third biggest town in Tennessee, Chattanooga. Um, but there wasn't like a lot of access to genre cinema. Um, and, uh, when I was like 13, uh, there was a video store like half a mile from my house. So I could just walk there and rent tapes. And I was on the family account and my dad checked off, can rent anything. And the guys who worked there took that to heart and they proceeded, (laughs) (laughs)
2: like
3: they proceeded for the next six to seven years at marquee, uh, movies. Uh, to just completely and totally fuck my brain uh, every chance they get. <laughs> and they were like, I would try to rent a, a movie with like nudity in it. They'd be like, hey, you can't watch that. Get this instead and give me like a La Blue Girl tape. Like it was, they were, they were <laughs> those kind of nerds. Um, and I got okay. into Reanimator and I got into From Beyond and yes, like was obsessed with those movies. And I was talking shit to the guy behind the counter and I was just like, "You, there's nothing you guys have that would surprise me. I've seen everything. I've seen from beyond. Nothing grosses me out." And he was yeah. like, "Here you go, idiot." <laughs> uh, and I like <laughs> that's he. I remember very specifically he called me an idiot. Uh, he was like, "Here you go," <laughs> idiot. and he like, "That's, <laughs> that's a literal quote." <laughs> yeah, and he put slugs on my pile, and I was like, "Slugs!" Like I had the reaction you guys had. Like, yeah, it's everyone's seen like a Night of the Lepus B movie where it's just like it's a big crappy looking bunny. It's going to yeah. look like, like ass. And I was just like, fine, I'll rent that. I don't even remember the other movies that I rented that weekend. Uh, I remember going home and watching Slugs and realizing 10 minutes in, I had to turn it off because I was watching it with my parents, like just walking around. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, this isn't that kind of movie. Like, like I didn't, thank God I didn't get to the Slug orgy se- sequence with my mom around. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if, if, if I had, it would have been life-changing. Um, so this was, this was like one of the first times someone handed me something, like it was hidden gold and it was just like, here you go, see what this does to your brain. And it made me start exploring like things that looked like they could be good, but might be bad. And like for every hatchet for a honeymoon you see, like there's going to be something like this that's worth it. Um, and it it was like really influential to me checking out stuff that looked like it was going to be ass. And yes, that is why I've seen every Sharknado. But one of them will be brilliant someday.
1: <laughs> someday, yeah. You're gonna get eight sequels deep and get the auteur-like art house direct to video one. That yeah. You're gonna get the Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning of Sharknado.
3: Uh, I would kill for the Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning Sharknado. That would be the yeah, greatest. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I just made Emily watch that, and uh, that's what my wife. Uh, and I was she's seeing Universal Soldier, and I was just like, just trust me, it's gonna be good. And like halfway through, she's just like. <laughs> This is based on Universal Soldier. <laughs> like it was, it's
0: <laughs> right. so
3: fucked up and dark.
0: I cried four times. So good. Uh,
3: did, did we? Did you guys ever have like a video store like that where? Yes. Because that a hundred percent. Although mine yeah. was because I wanted
0: to sleep with the video store girl. Um,
3: I mean, I. Here's the thing. Th- th- they gave me movies where it felt like I was being groomed, but they were just horny. <laughs> you know, like, like it, it sucks to be like, no, my guys were pure. I think they just saw a nerdy, like, 14 year old kid who did musical theater. They were like, you need to see Nine O'Clock Woman. Uh, like, it was, <laughs> and I had no business renting hentai, but I didn't even know it was porn because they were giving it to me. Like, they were, right. but they weren't even trying, like, they never gave me anything with, like, traditional sex. It would always be like, what they thought of as appropriate for the age. But then they'd also like
0: it's fucked up enough that it's not sexy.
3: Yeah. But then they'd also be like, you need to see downfall of Western civilization. Like they they did a really good job outside of the weird, creepy anime taste. (laughs)
0: yeah in my case uh, it was a girl who I thought was really cute and I was like too young to be able to tell whether or not a girl was or was not straight Mm -hmm. Um, so I just kept renting every recommendation and then she was like have you ever seen any of like the Child's Play series and then uh, fell in love with Child's Play and her but like I, I just realized it's kind of beautiful that like there's a lot of things that you can kind of see where it ends when it comes to movie watching experiences like syndication isn't really a thing anymore Mm -hmm. so like media literacy that goes back a few decades is pretty gone now but the experience of like going through 10 things that look kind of weird and then finding a gem Mm -hmm. literally has not stopped and I don't see it stopping because like first it was video store where you like take home a few things and you find a great gem and then it was like looking online and being like all right these are like 10 weird torrents from movies that don't mm-hmm. have licensing yeah. i found god godfrey ho and then yeah. now it's like someone on tubi that's like <laughs> i'm looking through tubi's bizarre library until i find something and like that's one of the few experiences i can think of that is like still trucking along
3: <laughs> i i used to aggravate emily uh when we lived in tennessee and we're first starting to date because if i saw a family video store i would like park and be like I'll be right back and I would just like go in through it.
0: You have to. And I said I was going to
3: see used videos but 90% of the time I just wanted to see what they had Um, and like I'd come out with nothing and like she'd be like why do you have nothing and be like I don't know I just wanted to see what was inside that is a weird like I still sometimes like I like going into a, a record store just to look even if I'm not buying anything I can now these days I'll go on like Prime or something or Tubi and just scroll Even if I have no intent, I'll do it before bed sometimes just to like add a thing to a list on the off chance that it might be fun. And I God bless the partners of people like me who scroll for fun, but don't understand the concept of scrolling for fun because it's such a prominent part of streaming now.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite things is just like anytime we get like a trial to a week of something mm-hmm. and just being like, I wonder, it feels like when you're in a hotel and you're like, I wonder what's on this television.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like you just like temporarily have access to new weird stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, similarly had the, uh, the video store that, uh, you know, was, was walking distance for a while during like a formative important period in my youth. And, uh similarly had like the cool kind of younger video store clerk that was like hey unaccompanied kid what kind of shit are you into (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh yeah he ended up uh getting a copy of master of the flying guillotine because like oh he, my like fucking yeah god. he like recommended it and then realized that their store didn't have it but like special ordered it from another location <laughs> or whatever and like set it aside for me and that was that was you know maybe like my version mm-hmm. of slugs where i was like holy shit we- uh, and and oh god oh no no keep going Oh, I, I was just going to say, like, uh, my, my first real job was then working at a video rental store, Ugh. and uh, I, I got three employee rentals per, uh, I, I could have three out at a time, mm-hmm. and so every night as I clocked out, I would pick three movies, go home, watch three movies, bring them back the next day, and do the same thing, mm-hmm. and, like, just making my way through, like, every movie with a vaguely interesting cover. Oh, and we... Yeah, yeah, just that feeling of discovery is, is so good.
3: Yeah, uh, I worked at a Blockbuster for several years and we were the busiest store in the city. So we had carte blanche to basically do what we wanted. Uh and Blockbuster corporate policy at the time was you know, there were movies you couldn't rent from Blockbuster, but you could buy from Blockbuster. And if you bought or if someone bought it and never picked it up, the store was then allowed to rent it. So we used that loophole oh. to order thousands of dollars of movies that we wanted (laughs) to curate our own horror foreign and like uh, drama and sci-fi sections. Oh, that rule. genius. There was one blockbuster in Chattanooga, Tennessee that had a... Uh, artisanal anime section (laughs) and they couldn't figure out they couldn't figure out our numbers like they were just like it doesn't make sense why are you guys renting so much anime we don't even give stores this much anime and we'd just be sitting there like well all these people keep ordering box sets and not return not picking them up
1: (laughs) yeah i actually uh i i had worked at a, a hollywood video but i never knew that policy within blockbuster corporate but that explains a lot because I remember occasionally finding, like, what I would consider to be, like, the cool blockbuster because I would be mm-hmm. like, whoa, this one has, like, a weirdly high number of, like, obscure martial arts movies that no other blockbuster in the area has. Mm-hmm. And I always, like, was curious about that, like, why one store would end up with good shit. And I, it was nerds like you.
3: I so. I don't, and I want to be clear, I don't know if it was, like, an official corporate policy or if Ark store just was committing crime. I mean, we were definitely committing crimes. <laughs> But there's <laughs> it's yeah. been ten years there's no way they're coming for me if they do this is one hundred percent made up um, but we oh man yeah that was we were the only store where you could rent the three disc uh criterion version of Brazil <laughs> like we... <laughs> <laughs> that's a good blockbuster yeah, we were...
0: that's 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 a premium blockbuster i I had one in the area that was like. They had a really good creature feature lineup, and I feel like I definitely saw Slugs at one point and walked past it, both because of how much I hate Slugs, um, Mm. which, boy, was this movie an experience for me because of that, (laughs) uh, and also because of how innocuous it seemed. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I watched Slugs, and both the truly incredible practical gore and also how intrinsically disgusting a slug is Mm -hmm. fucked me up.
1: This movie is fucking rad. I I was fully expecting like the you know the kind of like low budget meh sort of deaths Mm -hmm. that you tend to get in a creature feature like this. Yeah, where it's like oh yeah, someone's gonna have a bunch of like shitty looking fake slugs on them and they're gonna go uh and then die. Mm -hmm. And then from the first death, the first body that you are shown is this fucking skeleton with like slugs that having eaten out the eyeballs, and it's like such a heinous Mm -hmm. body. Like, from that first effect, I was like, okay, all right. And, and Which, by the way, I love the uh, when they discover that corpse. <laughs> our, uh, our lead, who's the health inspector, looks at it, and he's just like,
3: ugh. <laughs> he, oh, just, yeah. he
1: gives the most like understated, like, gross kind of reaction.
3: This is the, the most energy of a bureaucrat who is just doing his job, and he's seen <laughs> it all before. And he's just like, "Ah, oh, another melted purse. I hate it. We're going to need so many bags for this guy it is there's there's a nonchalance to the to the actions of everyone in this movie who know that people are showing up being eaten and surrounded by slime piles and be like eh we'll get to it after lunch um, it is yeah my <laughs> my favorite one is the the business luncheon and this is i i think
1: the the, the best oh, kill in 100%. the movie for sure the the guy who's been sick for a little while because he uh, ate lettuce that had a slug in it without realizing. I was eating it.
0: fucking salad. She was literally I was eating. <laughs> I was literally eating a fucking salad when she was cl- cutting up the lettuce and that gross slug chunk got in there. My, I was eating a goddamn salad.
1: My favorite thing is I'm pretty sure she says like, "Oh yeah, we're having salad and steak." And Vanessa had a plate of salad and steak, and I was like. Do you want me to like put something else on? And she's like, "No," and starts eating it. And then it's just disgusting slug (laughs) lettuce. And she's like, "Ah!"
0: I (laughs) took six bites and then I was done. Yeah,
1: but no, his his death. He gets the uh, the slug parasite. He gets the he takes the uh, drink.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and it takes a drink, it's pouring blood out of his nose.
1: Yeah, so the cup that he's drinking from fills with blood, he looks down, and then his fucking eyeballs burst, <laughs> worms, like a geyser of worms come out of his <laughs> eye sockets, and proceed to chew on his face until he's dead, and people are just like, yeah, man, I don't know, maybe a... Maybe something's going
3: around. I hope uh, <laughs> hope that doesn't happen to me. It's <laughs> like this looks like allergies. The slug yeah. parasites, like the the fact that it's worms coming out of their eyes is such a commitment to like being like an escalation of the gross. Because they could easily have just put little slug puppets in, and it wouldn't have looked as yeah. cool or if, like just nightmarishly effective as those like wee 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 worm babies. It's, yeah, I
0: hate those little wee 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 worm babies. There's and the way they burrow in.
3: <laughs> and the fact that they're
1: like a blood parasite yeah. makes it grosser too I, I so much
3: I think the thing that I like about like one of the things that I really love about this movie in retrospect which is I think one of the reasons I think people have watched the first like eight minutes and turned it off is the opening kill makes it look like a five dollar Roger Corman creature feature where you have the, yes. the woman not taking her top off on a boat while a guy drowns that's and then like blood water comes <laughs> out just-
1: she stands there while he's underwater for a really long time, and she's, and she's like, she's "What do like, you do, Hank? Hey, come on, come on, Kyle,
3: it, come on!" It also get out opened, of it also asks the question of how do slugs get enough leverage to pull someone off of a boat? Um, yeah, but like, and you're like, "This is gonna suck," and then immediately it's like oh you thought i was w- you you didn't think i could buck up and it like takes its shirt off and you see all of its abs and you're like oh no i didn't know you yeah. could fight like it is <laughs> and then they take time to show you what a boring town it is like, the, those couples go to get the drinks, right? At the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And they're having this terrible small talk. And one the lady's like, I want to dance. And everyone's like, I don't want to dance. And then the friends are like, oh, she's asking to dance. You know that's going to be a problem. So they leave with full drinks. It's like these people clearly hate each other. They get up, have another <laughs> boring conversation leaving the restaurant. Then they go home, and they make love. And where do they make love, guys? On their second bed. The bed. They have separate beds. <laughs> Like, a, like oh, these people. Oh, that's peop-
1: right! I didn't even catch that. They're so
3: wealthy. Yeah. They have a hotel situation where one's beds for fucking and clothes, and the others for sleeping. Like this is a boring <laughs> town. This it's is a, a really boring, boring town. town. And I love that Usually for them.
1: I, if. It, like if we were to have like a separate bed that was specifically for getting down, I feel like it would imply like some some wild freaky shit was happening in that bed. That's like then that's mm-hmm. the sex
0: room, right? That's yeah, like 100%. oh, I don't want to
1: sleep there. I'm not gonna sleep in it after. that. Yeah, it's that. when you Madonna but whore your bed. Yeah. yeah, but they have the 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 boring version of it. You're yeah. right.
3: And they have the you know or they have it's, like it's this a- They have like the swinger version of a guest room where it's like the master bedroom mm. with a second bed and they're like sorry you have to sleep in here with us guys like maybe they have that energy it <laughs> is a very boring town but like they have two and they're not big beds it's like a twin i thought that they were instinctively yeah. evil because of that
1: and i i don't think you're <laughs> wrong i mean they're not they're not not evil like he was definitely doing some shady business deal right that was uh, he was trying uh, yeah, but until worms came out of his uh, eyeballs and ate his face. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe my favorite moment in the movie, aside from that death, because that death is like immediately like an all-timer. Like that's oh, yeah. a,
3: immediately one of my favorite. Like, and this isn't a movie with deaths. butthole slugs. Yeah, that's true. This is. But like, you'd think that death scene would show up on more like video mixtapes of like the guy with the yes. worms exploding out of it. Like, how is it not it's a bigger so deal? Good. I agree. Yeah. And
1: I I, like uh, it's going into our wedding clips. (laughs) Yeah. Vanessa was saying, like, you know, this, uh, she's like, yeah, I feel like this movie's really underrated. And I realized, like, I don't know enough about like how the horror community at large perceives this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like frequently hailed as like a cult masterpiece, but I feel like personally, in my own anecdotal experience, I never hear anyone talk about Slugs. Yeah. And it fucking rules.
0: Slugs for me felt like, especially in terms of like how assuming it was and then how good those practicals was, it felt like the first time I watched the Blob remake. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I went in with like zero expectations where I was like, oh, okay, it's like another one of those remakes of like a horror movie. Okay, Matt Dillon. And then that first person dissolves in the Blob. And yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh shit, actually, this is made for me. This is in mm-hmm. my shape. Uh, and despite the fact that Slugs is so far, I think, the most disgusting movie I've ever seen. Really?
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, All right.
2: uh,
0: I Hell think yeah. so. I think it is. And I've like, I've watched movies where people like have definitely like eaten their own poo yeah. and it's like not a sexual thing. Yeah. Uh Slugs, I think, is the grossest movie I've ever seen. Cause I hate wormy things too. Yeah, right. Um, right. Well, it's, but like, it's fun. Fuck, I don't know what
3: the grossest movie I've ever seen is. It's, oh God, it's fun. You're gonna fun, dive into it and bring up a memory. But it's upsetting, and it's like an upsetting yes. kind of fun. like that's the. I think that the the true magic of slugs is that you're like it is is possibly the grossest movie I've ever seen, and the blood is clearly paint, and like that. Yes. That, there's a there's like a a, <clears throat> a almost magical realism fakeness to the special effects but also yeah. the that's only like a third of the time the other two-thirds of the time the effects are crushingly like visceral like they feel very yeah. real and mean
1: like yes when uh when she's got her eye like yes. the detached retina at like during the sex scene where she like falls off the bed and the slugs are swarming her and there's just an eyeball dangling down her face as she
3: pleads for help and yeah. the dude's just like oh oh uh, gross but even even better in that scene to me is the lead up to that eyeball because for like Two minutes, you just see him react and her covered in blood, naked, writhing on the floor. And all you can think about is everything you've seen before and trying to figure out, like, oh, she's going to turn around. She won't have a stomach or she's going to turn How bad is going to be? And then they turn around and you're like, I see her lips. And then you see just like all of the top of her head gone and like yeah. that eye with the dangle. And you're just like, oh, it's worse than I thought. Like
1: is. yes no you're right it yeah. like it, almost bait and switches you but you're like oh it's gonna be gross and then it's grosser yeah like yeah, yeah. It,
3: they make you think it's gonna kill a cat and it ne- or a rat and it never does like it never like it kind of does but it's like not as gross as you think it's gonna be but it's like still a hilarious scene of a of a hamster maybe with a slick yeah, like to it yeah <laughs> and also and the scientist kind of looks at it and he's
1: like huh and just lets it just lets it ride. Yeah, He's yeah. like, Let's see how this plays out.
3: Probably should have done something about this sooner.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And hmm. there's several moments in which the gore was done better and more explicitly horrific than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And it got me every single oh, time. when the
1: uh, when the farmer gardener guy uh, he has the slug in his glove and yes. he's cutting his hand off with the axe mm-hmm. and you get that super tight shot of him just hacking through the meat of his arm it's so good and then his
3: wife comes in and has no reference point for anything that's happening so but she just hears no. the screaming and all she sees is her dude midway through chopping his heart his fucking arm off and then he like pulls it off and she like screams and then manages to blow up their entire house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they both die in an explosion it's such a uh it's just is such a constant this escalation but also like the cinematography is really good all the way like the action is always clear it never cuts away and kills someone off screen but even like the end when they're in the sewer and they're uh hanging over the the guy falls into the slug pool there's that shot right, right. of him just like Falling into the water with like the single beam of light going down, you see the body like fall down with blackness on the side and all the slugs swimming around. You're just like, who gave you guys the right to think of that shot for this movie? Like, it's yeah, it's constantly. His floating
0: body was so lovely. It
3: punches above its weight all the time.
1: Yeah, in a really jarring and, like, uh, just in a way that I wasn't ready for. Because you're right, that opening is so, yeah, like, Corman, like, shitty, like, Piranha kind of B-movie. And then, yeah, once you get to the practical effects, it's shockingly good. But then the actual, like, writing and dialogue, like, all of the (laughs) acting is pretty bad. And so it keeps, like, veering wildly between, like, a beautiful, like, piece of imagery just, like, a, an absolutely gorgeous frame, mm-hmm. whether it's you know something uh, horrifying and disgusting, or like you said, you know just like visually interesting. Mm-hmm. And then like this this fucking uh, fool protagonist storming into the mayor's <laughs> office and going, hey, uh, Mayor, there's, uh, there's killer slugs in the in all the sinks. No, you gotta yeah. shut it off. <laughs> and the mayor, the mayor's like, what? And He's like, hey, just trust me. They're the slugs. They're gonna eat you.
0: <laughs> like that, you actually hit the nail on the head on what I think was so tonally bizarre about slugs that I liked cuz I'd go from some of the most impressive revolting gore that I have ever seen to the type of acting and like weird jokes and like interpersonal relationships that you'd see in like a police training video. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, it's I I think it's part of the charm for it for me is th- like yeah. the two things that I love the most about this movie is that there is one attractive person in the entire film. Everyone else is a six. You've never seen a movie <laughs> with so many teenagers who are just clear sixes. Like you could look at the football team in there and you'd be like, oh man, all of these kids, none of them going to state. But like beyond <laughs> that, it's a PG movie outside of the kill scenes it it's like what yep. happens if you take worms like a pg movie like worms yep. and then they just happen to hire screaming mad george and he's like this is my one shot not going to fuck around and they just end up with this film that's like harmlessly every like even the procedural, the mayor's never technically wrong. Like He's arrogant, but no, he's like, exactly. I'm not going to shut like down the, the water for an entire city because you think they're flesh-eating slugs you can't prove. Like it's not unreasonable. Also, the health inspector had a scientist who had empirical evidence of these things, and instead
1: of bringing any of those people <laughs> in to vouch for it, instead of bringing a shred of evidence, mm-hmm. he
3: just storms in. He's like, hey, slugs, they're crazy. Yeah, so everyone behaves relatively normal up until... The poetry's like, what if we just fill the sewers with explosive chemicals that blows up water? Which, yeah. oh, and one guy's like, this is clearly a terrible idea. And he's like, like, ah, you're a pansy. And then yeah, it incredible. blows up the, the town. <laughs> it
1: blows up the whole fucking town. And the scientist is like, no, no, I think that would blow up the town. And he says, we got to do it. <laughs> and then they
3: just do it. And anyway. it's like, you guys forgot that a great deal of this movie takes place looking at people's lawns. Like, there's no, it's... <laughs> They're still out there, bro. Like you're you're just making it harder to poop. Yeah. Also, uh you you said like you know it's a very
1: PG movie and that reminded me uh something that we haven't touched on yet. The fucking soundtrack for this movie (laughs) is weird, like, sitcom stock
0: music. We just learned racism is bad. Walk (laughs) off into the sunset. It's
1: Uh, all rejected
3: theme songs for 80s sitcoms. I don't understand. The scene when they're backing the sanitation truck up, and the music's just going like... It is the most intense music that's ever played over footage of a sanitation truck slowly backing up. Like, there's not even any intensity in it. There's just there it's oh man it it's not quite to the level of like um uh, uh last house on the left, banjo uh police officers, but it's really close at times
1: well and but then there are so many moments too where like you know, it's like him and the sheriff like pull up in their you know in the police car, or whatever, and for whatever reason, the musical cue is like
0: yeah at one point, Elijah thought it kind of sounded like different strokes, and mm-hmm. then just started singing different slugs <laughs> for an entire scene. <laughs> I, I love know, that part yeah.
3: more than I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you for uh thank you for bringing slugs into our lives. Thank you. Uh, I because
3: it, it means a lot to me uh to be able to like share something like this. Uh like I, I showed my mom Evil Dead too when I was a kid. She was like it's funny. Aww. She was like, it's funny. I don't like it, but it's funny. And that meant like <laughs> that meant a lot to me. So being able to like share something like this, it's also like it's like a it, it's like a good recipe you keep in your pocket, and everyone finds out one day like you don't fuck around with banana bread. Like that's that's how I feel about <laughs> slugs. Like I get to be like, here's something hot and fresh for you guys. So I'm really glad that you got to experience the stupidity
0: that is slugs with me.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm so grateful.
0: Thank you for bringing it to our lives, and uh, thank you for giving us the insurmountable task of finding out what martial arts movie to pair with J.P. Simon's slugs.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a tall order. Uh, unfortunately, there are not a lot of martial arts movies about slugs. <laughs> Uh, weirdly, I did discover there's, like, maybe a Disney Channel cartoon about slugs that features a fictional martial art called Slug Fu. What? And so, yeah, I was like, I was like, God, are there any, like, uh, because Shaw Brothers has so much, uh, like, weird grossness in their catalog that I'm like, there has to be a slug somewhere that I'm forgetting. And just in my, in my research discovered uh, ancillary to this, that there is a Slug Foo in a Disney cartoon, so... I mean, you the, know, that's, that's something. But, the closest I could find but,
3: was Immature Radioactive Samurai Slugs from uh, Tiny Toons.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. That's fun. Yeah.
3: They are samurai, so it counts. <laughs> uh, that,
1: that would also have been a good pairing. But instead, I chose... Uh Buddha's palm Today's
3: second feature is Buddha's Paul. <laughs> is that how I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like do I, I didn't realize do I have to introduce the second feature? Is that Oh no, no. Oh, cool. so
1: we 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 introduce, but uh, if if you want to. Oh no, uh, no, John I'm... Michael, why did why did you choose Buddha's Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I
3: just want to do a good job. Oh man. Uh thank you. Uh thank you so much for the gift of this uh Yes, yes. Ooh. Like, okay, there's... um, (laughs) A lot happens in Booth. There's so... (laughs) Like, there are movies that you get lost in, and you're just like, wow. And then there are movies that you get lost in. And I got so lost. (laughs) And at a certain point, (laughs) I decided to experience this like an acid trip. I accepted everything that came my way. I did my best to keep up, and I smiled. And I have rarely had as much fun watching something <laughs> as oh, i had yes this 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 uh 5000 dominoes being knocked down and then slowly revealing a story is so fun <laughs> and so ridiculously over the top <laughs> I, something something that I love about it
1: is that there are multiple points where a character, like, sort of in the background will declare, I don't know what's going on. And it feels like your cue as the viewer to be like, neither do I. And I guess that's okay.
3: Yeah. It's... It is. It moves too fast. There's way too much story. They introduce incredibly important characters like they're throwaway. They don't do a great job explaining the geography, and I wouldn't change anything about it. Um, (laughs) It is now my
0: favorite Shaw Brothers movie. Yeah. Really? I I told Emily,
3: I was just like, I'm going to hunt down every movie with ninjas and wizards now. Like, I've... (laughs) Yes, I will send you a list. (laughs) Please, please do. There is... This is such a... uh, I <laughs> They're just Buddhist palm. it is so pure in its intent and like it just it never is embarrassed by what it is. And there's even even in this era of movies, I feel like there's times where people felt like they were making a cheap movie. And with this, I feel like everyone was like, we're making as big a budget as we can and we're gonna sell it as hard as we can. And then they realized after they filmed it, oh, we should add a narrator, there's no script. And it doesn't fall apart despite that. <laughs> like, how do you have no script and an an acid little person?
1: <laughs> Thank you for clocking, by the way. That the the narrator was almost certainly added after the fact. Yeah. Because I like, there's no way that narrator was originally
3: intended to be there. There are times where he's talking over characters in the film. Yeah, this which is, is my favorite thing. This is the Shaw Brothers Blade Runner, like. I'm sure yes. they fought the narrator, but it's necessary for this cut. It is absolutely 100%. Shit insane. Also makes me wish yeah. this that is what I wish there is a gory Stephen Chow movie. Oh my god! I wrote that down. Oh, <laughs> did you really? Yes. Wait, I said, what was it? <laughs> uh, I wrote down. Uh, let me see. Get the exact words. I said that this had the energy of the Never Ending Story Part Two.
0: <laughs> yes. It did. It really did.
3: Well, it has a a, a Falcor,
1: the luck dragon, uh, like, which which is I love because it's like the first moment where the movie, kind of plays its hand mm-hmm. and lets you know like what sort of movie you're in for. Yeah, is when the dude is uh you know about to die. He's like falling uh from a great height and surely will be killed. And a fucking dragon swoops in and carries him off to a cave, Mm -hmm. and the narrator is just like, "Oh no,
3: not today! The dragon will save you!" And you're like, "Oh okay, that's that's what we're doing." They just they fully introduce ideas, and it's something I wish more modern action films would do. Is I accept that I'm watching a Transformers movie. You don't have to convince me I'm watching a Transformers movie. Stop telling me an origin story. Have Bumblebee swoop in, pick some up, be like, we've been hiding here for years, and then have him shoot some shit. I love that it just, it starts, it's like a Every, every ten minutes of this is like a Paramore song it gets to the point gives you the hook builds to a bridge and then it's like hey you know what's next uh, I don't know String guitar ghosts like it, it can't it, it's constantly hitting you with a new thing that's like the craziest shit you've ever seen
1: something that's amazing is that I literally just watched this movie and I had already forgotten the guitar ghosts uh, like that there is a set piece with guitar ghosts because it's <laughs> such a dense film uh, I think on on paper, I think the plot is uh, that a, uh, a, a kind of schlub uh, dude who is not gifted at martial arts uh, is in love with a woman uh, who is uh, being forced into kind of a political marriage, uh, so she cannot marry him. Uh, he tries to fight her suitor uh, to, you know, win her hand. He is uh, beaten pretty severely and thrown off a cliff a dragon swoops in and saves him and brings him back to the cave of the, uh, the master of the Buddha's palm, the, uh, what do they call him? The cloud devil, uh, fire cloud devil. Yeah. Yeah, the Fire cloud devil. Yeah. The fire cloud devil who was thought to be dead, uh, after this huge battle between all of the masters of the martial arts world. They thought they killed him, but he was only blinded. Uh, (laughs) he takes this guy as a student and then the martial arts world starts to notice uh, because this guy clearly is training in the Buddha's palm technique, which should have died. So they're like, oh no, fire cloud devil must still be alive. Mm-hmm. And everyone starts to kind of mobilize. They're like, is he gonna be looking for revenge? Do we need to protect ourselves? Uh, and one guy in particular, the most evil of the group, starts <laughs> uh, like assembling forces against him. This is a uh, foot monster. <laughs> Uh, foot monster is the best name and power and villain. Uh, he can make his foot real big and stretchy and, and just stomp on you, But
3: only kind of uh, stronger than normal. Yeah,
2: like yeah, it's still not poke like super, him in super the strong.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's still just a foot. It's just a guy's foot, but it's big. <laughs> but it's very long now. <laughs> yeah, he can get you from far away. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they proceed to have a lot of really complicated interpersonal relationships. Yeah. And there, there's the character uh, one of the masters uh, that we definitely have to mention. The one
0: that announces his name and where he's from every time he enters. And he, like, he's my favorite character in the (laughs) whole movie. And this is a movie with that dragon thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm about to say something that's gonna upset both of you a lot. Okay. This movie could be easily repurposed into a kung fu movie starring characters from Seinfeld. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wait
1: okay oh no because that guy's kramer isn't it he? yeah he's 100% the, has, like, the, kramer. Big, the big entrance when you think of the
3: green, the green wizard is kramer everything starts to fall into play it's because no. they're all, all of the
0: girls are elaine they're
3: all friends but they're all mad at each other about something that happened yeah. a bit ago that's non-specific the minute they need to be back together for their own selfish purposes they come back together to deal with the Bigfoot guy who i believe is probably newman in this metaphor um there is there is such <laughs> a sitcom energy to everything that's happening. No, you're right. Our protagonist is George. I think the fi- the devil wizard is uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, o- partly because he's clearly uh, into underage girls, but also because uh, <laughs> he is uh, a, a, a know it all who is constantly withholding precious information that should be given out. Um, yeah. I <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Buddha's palm. Uh, no, you're you're not
1: wrong though. You're not wrong. It is such a sitcom <laughs> dynamic, and it really does feel like they condensed uh, like a full season or perhaps several seasons of a sitcom into a 90 minute runtime.
3: Yeah. <laughs> this movie has like four different villains. Who are the final boss of another movie? Like the fact that you forgot yeah. the guitar ghosts—a scene <laughs> which, in my opinion, rivals the the guitar assassin from uh, uh, Kung, Fu, Kung Hustle. Fu Hustle. Like it—it—it's so well done, genuinely scary when he like pulls the mask off and you see the just yeah. like blackened, rotting corpse underneath. It. They're like it's so good. What the-? There's a there's a scene where they, they go to find a dragon pearl that only shows up once in a while, and everybody's like. Hanging out in this lake, and the first guy who grabs it just explodes. Ne- like <laughs> that's right yeah. and they never they're never like by the way don't be the first guy who touches it you're a blood sacrifice they just he just touches it and pops and everyone's like ha no one told george like it's everyone is so nonchalant about the graphic violence that they're around <laughs> yeah
0: there's one mask, cuz you brought up the mask that gets cut off and it's got like the horrifying reveal under it but i'm still obsessed with the woman that wore a clear mask and then kept her face still but moved her eyes underneath it, and mm-hmm. then they VO'd her in. Yeah. It's really unsettling. It's I,
3: like a really effective mask, yeah. Yeah, I thought that they were doing, like, I, I maybe I'm giving them too much credit. I thought she was worried about, like, laugh lines around her, like, wor- like speaking lines around her mouth. So she wasn't moving, like, blah, ba ba. But then, I mean, maybe she had never heard of laugh lines. Maybe she's never laughed. Maybe well, that's why then she's she so mad. She
0: takes it off and moves her face. <laughs> and yeah. pulls off the... <laughs> The yeah, sheet, after, yeah. They get
1: her the the orchid or whatever that mm-hmm. fixes her face. You but, get an orchid, yeah, you look like
3: uh, when I go to Six Flags without sunscreen, you just just <laughs> pull off a sheet of John just Michael's peel face.
1: Peel it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like even like the the quest to like get the orchid is this like incredible set piece with this uh, trap-filled Buddha statue that like. Sends this weird sort of like razor blade aluminum foil yes! that is sentient to it, like uh, attack these two. They're having
3: like a two person duel against a a a, a gold razor thin floating Buddha statue that they then like pin to the ceiling, and they're like, we killed it, and then it comes back like Jason Voorhees. Like, there's yeah, throw away se- the the fact that the the big bad Bigfoot has this like Neil Pert drum set that he uses to charge up all of his attacks, and uses it at one point to like torture his daughter and that's just yeah. a thing they don't have to explain they're like of course of course he's got oh. 25 drums he kicks with his fists while doing kung fu and making music
1: speaking <laughs> of things they they don't explain with his uh his daughter who is in fact uh, devil clouds daughter mm-hmm. uh, that he stole Uh, stole her as an infant and raised as his own, as villains are wont to do. He apparently put a centipede in her to control her with centipede venom. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, really glossed over. A character remarks on it, and she's like, no way! And then later they, like, pull the centipede out,
3: and she's like, (laughs) uh. And and that's as much of that as you need. It's it's such a, a... like, Wrath of Khan goes to such lengths to make that feel like a threat, and here they're just like, oh, yeah, that's a thing we forgot we put in the script. Um, I feel like that yeah. happens, like, a lot. Like, I, there was a point at, like, 50 minutes into the movie where it slowed down. And when I say it slowed down, I mean nothing magical happened for five minutes. And <laughs> I, I tend to feel like the pacing of most Shaw Brothers movies, like, I feel like you could take 15 minutes off all of them and... They would be better movies. Like I just, the pacing just bugs me. That because I'm really ADHD, and the pacing is so wild and breakneck on this that when it gave me time to breathe, I started getting like I was like, whoo, what, what happened, guys? Are we making an art movie now? Like it, I it, like I. This is the <laughs> energy like this is of way like cr- too subtle. <laughs> it is the energy of Crank. <laughs> like like it's if, true. If Crank had dragons, uh I would. One hundred percent be on port. And there's just there's a giant bell with a bell laser, and then they're just yeah. The fucking the the dragon wizard's final form is just like a Reddit thread with Akira Powers just (laughs) shooting out swastikas like crazy, and it's just Uh, it's, it's. Fucking I, I do gotta
1: say it's it's uh it's a Buddhist symbol. It goes the other direction <laughs> than the swastika, uh, so it's actually a, a Buddhist symbol that my, means good. My fortune. wife is a tattoo artist. I've heard people home. explain
3: how it's a Buddhist <laughs> symbol before. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Buddhist symbol I discovered in prison. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, I
1: also, I love the, uh, the villain's final attack where he kind of becomes a kaiju, where he's, like, in the sky, like, sending this giant stomp down to crush everyone, and they all have to, like, join forces and use their collective magic. The- but then also, after a number of horrifying graphic deaths, his ending is that the dragon bites off his pants, he's embarrassed, and they're
3: like, ha, 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 it they were the last like 15 minutes had two minutes or two moments where uh, M exclaimed. Uh, number one was when the foot comes through the ceiling and crushes the green wizard. Uh, she just shouted, FOOT. Um, which, <laughs> is, <laughs> which is accurate, yeah, no, 100%. And I was like, What is that? And then, like, it clicked with me that it was a giant foot. Uh, and then. <laughs> At the end, they're just like, "Well, we took his pants. He's embarrassed. Everything's done." And it just was the end. She just went, "What? No, <laughs> no!" <laughs> like, how, like, it's. I'm. I'm very thankful to have someone who is vocal to watch movies with. Like, I. I talk sometimes during movies like this, um, but it. It. I. I try sometimes to not have vocal opinions when I watch stuff because I've seen so many movies and I like. I, it's easy for me to ruin something by being like, "This is like this." Um, right. so getting those pure exclamations <laughs> genuinely, like I, I would have killed to have seen this in a theater with a bunch of people. Like this is, <laughs> I, I,
1: I feel like you got the experience of like watching it with, uh, the extra narrator who, who was added <laughs> after the fact, but this one was just like, a, it had a better script. A
0: hundred percent. Let's also, I, The oh, sorry. Uh, I do want to shout out the intro sequence. Uh, oh, I
3: wrote that down. Uh, uh, yes. The fucking, the 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 recreation of Dragon Ball, or sorry, the recreation of Street Fighter 2, but with cutout paper in front of a fire. Yes. <laughs> they are so good. Those cutouts are the coolest thing
1: <laughs> in the world. They're amazing. That sequence is so good. Well,
0: in between, like, the painted in special effects, mm-hmm. it was remarkable.
3: It's, it was and one of those, those things where, like, I gave you guys a really difficult one to find a kung fu movie for, and like well,
1: and we haven't actually we haven't actually got to the thing. Uh, the reason that I chose it,
3: I have two reasons. Uh, I think I'm excited to do well, it. Well, but so the I thought this was gonna the, be, I thought this was gonna be a fucking uh, a bead jumper. Like I thought it was gonna be fun, but I was like, oh, this is gonna be like ridiculous. And then that title sequence kicked in. And I was like, "Oh, we're in for art and it like it, <laughs> it's every it it that title sequence, if you ever watch this movie, tells you everything you're about to get it's like it's not super expensive, but it is so lovingly done and like every aspect of this movie, from everyone having their own individual laser powers to all of the, the like creature design and the everyone getting their own really long fight, even though it's like ninety minutes or something like everything about it is even if we don't have a bunch of money we're going to give you this like artful approach to it and i fucking there there's not been an opening sequence of a movie i just knew nothing about going in that's ever hyped me up as much as that opening sequence did
1: it's so good i i, I could not have said any of that better myself thank <laughs> you uh but just with yeah, like 48 I, I and less words to- <laughs> I do have to say the uh, the full title of Slugs is uh because uh it, it is a a Spanish film uh Slugs Muerte Viscosa.
0: Yeah. Death
1: Slime. <laughs> it's called Slugs Death Slime God Muerte Damn. Viscosa. Both and th- both, both of these movies
3: should have been released in theaters in America. <laughs> I am so angry that this movie like this like Buddha's palm, palm should have gotten released in 1988 the way Black Mask got released in the 90s. They should have taken all the music out of it. They should have put like mega death over it and just released it <laughs> as is. And it would have made $50 million. Like, it, I agree. I, I, it blows my mind that they have this beautiful special effects extravaganza and they're not like, how can we Americanize it? And the secret is always mega death and leaving the gore in.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I, f- I feel like you could do this uh right now with Buddha's palm and still uh still clean up. Yeah, uh, give uh, me but yes, time. But Buddha's palm of course does feature uh its own bit of uh muerte viscosa, its own <laughs> bit of death slime uh <laughs> in the form of a <laughs> a duo of uh, assassins or bodyguards that work for the main villain, uh, who, by the way, both meet a much more terrible fate than their boss eventually yeah. does.
3: The uh, most brutal they, murders in the film, <laughs> uh,
1: horrifying deaths. Uh, and they're a very tall guy, and then uh, what, what I perceived uh, to be as like a child, but is perhaps a, uh, a little dude, little person, mm-hmm. uh. But yeah, they fight uh, kind of uh, like Blaster Master style, with like you know the <laughs> smaller one on the larger one, uh, and the the little bit of choreography that you get there is actually very cool. Where mm-hmm. he's kind of like swinging him around and like sort of using the smaller teammate as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the small guy has a big tumor on his face that he squeezes to shoot a really caustic acid.
3: The the way that Ness describes the horror of seeing slugs is how I felt when I saw the, the tall guy. And then uh, I call him acid zit boy in my notes, uh, <laughs> sitting on his shoulder. And I was like, that's w- wait, what's that? Is on? What's that? He, Oh, he's got a, is that a, Oh my God, it's a zit. And then he squeezed it and it started shooting acid. And then I was like, okay, maybe that's, and then it, Swung the acid and it sprayed a guy just full in the face, and his whole face melted. Yeah, it was like an adrenaline response. It was like my body. It wasn't like if fighter. If, if there was a, if there was fight or flight <laughs> for fun. Where <laughs> <laughs> you just
1: get too hyped and you're like, I'm gonna walk around. Yeah, like I don't I, know what to do.
3: I, I felt like I had just watched a cop get hit by an ambulance. I was just like, Oh, I can't! <laughs> <get that." laughs> like, I got, I'm so lucky right now. I get just like, it was, yes. it goes so hard, and then immediately afterwards, there's another incredible, fucking, full on magic fight. And the whole time in my head, in my notes, it just says, not gonna lie, every moment since Acid Zitboy died, I wanted more Acid Zitboy. I wanted him to come back. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Well, it's it's funny. I I actually remember there being like, uh, the degree to which that scene is seared into my memory, proportionate to how long it actually is. Mm-hmm. Like, I I was like, oh yeah, that movie's got the guy that shoots acid out of his face, and he's like, he's like the main bad guy he's in there for <laughs> so long the whole the whole movie is about death slime. No. but it's like that's just in my heart in reality it's like a two-minute sequence and then he gets his fucking head exploded he, or no the big guy gets his head exploded
3: he gets his whole body destroyed by buddha's palm. just like crushed with magic like he he is the life expectancy of a fist of the north star like la- la- lackey like there's nothing and yeah. then it just immediately gets exploded and it's oh good god but that's like, they it always feels like you're about to watch a Power Rangers episode and then the violence kicks in and you're like, "Oh shit, no, I'm not no."
1: I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when the uh when the guy gets his head fucking yes. buzzsawed? <laughs> just like the Razor fans. <laughs> yeah, it's such a gnarly decapitation because it like actually saws it. It's not a clean cut. It like hacks at it for a second. It's <laughs> so nasty. It's I love so it. Good.
0: Now I have to ask. Okay. Do these two together work as a double feature?
3: They do. Um, okay. Controversial opinions about double features. In this case, I think that these are both great examples. Like, if I was going to program it and put these two back to back, um, these are both incredible examples of when a genre film doesn't have any illusions about what it is and just decides to go hard. Um, that, like, that there's. There's a, there's a moment in every genre film that doesn't fully succeed where they second-guess themselves and they pull back right before they just punch through the head. And uh, there, there's a Rikio-like goes there, uh, a Degrassi-like grows there that uh, in, in every case that you think these movies are going to pull their punches, they're like, we're not going to pull our punch and also we're going to cut someone's head off with a fan and explode a guy in a diner. Um, it... <laughs> I I I think that both of these are magnificent as a double feature because no matter what expectations you go in with there's no way they're going to be met. You are there there's nothing that can prepare you for the the insanity but also the mundaneness of the names, you know? Like yeah. slugs means nothing. Buddha's palm. Okay. W- who cares? I walk past that double feature, but if you walk inside of that double feature, you're going to see a what i would consider like outside of jaws probably my favorite uh like nature gone wild creature film they never really explain exactly what's going on they've got a theory but like it's kind of out there and most people are just trying to not get eaten during sex and Buddhist palm for all intents and purposes like you're not gonna tell me you got a dragon you're not gonna tell me you got a guy with big feet you're not gonna tell me you got a swastika wizard, you know? Like, I, right? I the fact that a- it's
1: not called like <laughs> Ultimate Wizard
3: Ninja Deathmatch or something. That, yeah, like Chinese Super Ninja at least tells you something super is gonna happen, you know? And like, <laughs> and this this should be th- like Chinese Super Ninja has the reputation it has because someone fights with their intestines out. This to me is everything that people think they're looking for with Chinese Super Ninja, a film I love. But like, this is so fun. You know, it doesn't drag. Yeah. It's never mean. It's ridiculously funny at times, but also gives you like handful of moments where you're like, "Oh, that that like meant more to me." That's why. Like, so I do think these are a good double feature for that. That being said, I do have a suggestion for a double feature for Buddha's Palm. Oh, oh. what what you got? Uh, the Princess Bride. Oh uh, my god! I
1: I agree. You That's have, a very fun double feature. All those
3: stories happening separately. The narrator who is clearly along the way escalating every. Like, I enjoyed watching this from about 10 minutes in when I decided that the narrator was a child telling a story. And the parts that didn't work for Uh, me or the parts that didn't make sense was a kid just building up a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger ninja story. And then at the end, (laughs) my theory that this is narrated by a child was cemented when the wizard loses his pants and surrenders. That's how a child ends a battle. (laughs) You know, they'd be like, there's a monkey boy with a zit and then he gets his head exploded and then the wizard gets to go back to camp because he decided to be nice. Like that's how six year olds (laughs) tell stories. And I love that fairy tale, ridiculous child energy of this. And also, Prince of Spies should be programmed with gore movies more often. (laughs) Oh, all right, I'm into that. I like that. It, uh, you know,
1: doesn't doesn't fully fit the format of the show. I know. I I, I I'm gonna pair them.
3: I'm gonna be controversial, but I just it's
1: it's a great pick. I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, Now now tell us which uh, martial arts movie you would pair with slugs instead
3: oh man that would be <laughs> uh incredibly difficult i would it's I, hard honestly like for slugs it was our original pick for this episode is going to be black mask and
1: oh we do need to talk about that yeah and that. ironically
3: everything that i love about buddha's palm is what i love about black mask it yes. like, yeah like it it takes uh but it's, it's essentially just someone made a gritty Power Rangers story and then decided they were going to use like a leftover uh, so Arnold Schwarzenegger character from the 80s and then cast gently as him. Like, it's like can't you see a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, I used to be a super spy, but now I'm a librarian until this guy gets a bomb put inside of him. Yeah. Like, there's... So I like I picked I picked Slugs and Black Mask, ironically, for the same reason. They are over-the-top, super gory, um, ridiculous, Ridiculous, um, crowd pleasing things that you would necessarily write off, but when you look a little deeper, you're like, "Holy shit, that's good!" So that's, I think, what my my pairing would be.
1: Nice. Okay, and we we do need to say uh, your your first pick was uh, was Black Mask, which I love and was really hyped about watching. We we're very watching. excited. Uh, unfortunately, we we do have a like a rule for the podcast that everything uh, we cover has to be like available streaming because we want as many folks as possible to be able to watch along. Uh Black Mask was not available streaming, but my pick for that was a common writer Shin Prologue, uh which was an 80s uh common writer movie that was like a standalone feature film that is the body horror common writer movie. It was uh, so
3: much fun. Did oh did you watch yeah, it? Yeah, I, I Hell yeah. Dude, I love sentai. Like I love that I love the oh. the like common writer Power Rangers like I we, like I love that shit to death and i found a common writer like a, a couple years ago amazon put up like amazon common writers yeah, what it's called here amazons yeah yeah and i can
0: feel heat radiating off <laughs> of elijah
3: and it's like a dark gritty common writer story right, right. where like there's a squad that hunts down monsters and shit and it's re- insane yeah, which which is really fun yeah and i did not realize that a there were other shin like, I've seen Shin Godzilla, and I thought that was its own thing. And now, because you gave me Shin Common Rider, I found out about Shin Ultraman. Which is coming up, yeah. And I, so I, I, I'm now going to go through and try to find all of the lost Shins of my childhood <laughs> Shin Gigantor, <laughs> yeah. Shin Eight Man After, Shin Akira, uh, Shin Samurai Pizza Cats. I want the dark, <laughs>
0: gritty re- reboots
3: of all of these properties.
0: Yes,
1: we need, we need them.
0: Beyond thrilled. Although I, I gotta ask, I want to see if your pun powers can lend anything into this. Normally, I can come up with a good double feature name. I am coming up dry on this one.
1: Oh, I'm just calling it Death Slime,
3: but <laughs> it's, it's oh, possible man. that John Michael Bond has something better. I I think that the Death Slime double feature, man, that is it's got that a is, ring to it. God, that is really, really hard to beat.
1: Um, it's got it's punchy you know it gets right to the point
3: yeah I, I honestly don't know if I could beat death slime I think if I was gonna put this out as a double feature man the death slime double feature is because that I mean just like my branding brain is immediately like that what a cool poster um, but again <laughs> I feel true. like if you if you lead with death slime people are gonna think there's a lot more zit monkey ninja than there is um, and That's also you ris- you run the risk of ruining the best surprise of uh, the the of of uh, Buddha's palm. I if I was gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a sentimentalist. Uh, if I was gonna name a double feature for it, it wouldn't have a fun name. I would just run it as like a, a gory hidden gems night. Like I, I think right. Aww. I think these movies you need to. I think the best way to sell someone on a movie like Slugs is to sell it. Its worst feature is. As its charming features. So, if I'm just like, look, this movie is called Slugs, and it is the most gory movie you've ever seen that's based on the idea of mutant eating slugs, people are gonna be like, all right, <laughs> I know what to go into. So, when they'll still be surprised by the violence, but I think a lot of people's curiosity would be like intrigued by that. And then, based on the quality of Slugs as an entry point, I think a lot of people would be ready for the, what a palate cleanser Buddha's palm is and like its gradual escalation up to the first exploding guy, you know? Like, it's, because I was surprised by how gory Poodle's poem (laughs) was. Right, right. It feels very fun and whimsical, and then it gets more and more absurd as it goes on. It (laughs) did make me... chopped off. I did want to, I desperately wish Stephen Chow would make a graphically violent R-rated movie now. It has this, like, loving Stephen Chow comedy, like, whimsy to it that's just, like, it's completely infectious, and I wish I could get more of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh
0: what are we getting at concessions?
3: Oh, oh man.
1: Um I mean a salad. salad. Don't say salad. Sure. It! It's gotta be a salad. I, a salad for
3: slugs. In a perfect world, like if I'm uh if I'm a if I'm programming at a uh socially rehabilitated draft house, um I would I think for slugs, uh I would have course one uh i would have popcorn and i would have escargot um it's really uh, really escargot good it's fun it's yeah. really good it's delicious but it's also a, like it's very poppable um and i i think it, i think it's fun to play on the theme of slugs while also having a delicious snail like treat um so if i have a, if i got a chef on hand i'm going to go um escargot for buddha's palm um i'm going to go with uh, jalapeno poppers and
0: oh. <laughs> I, yeah. this is the most delicious, <laughs> like snack pairing we've had that I don't want to eat. Yeah,
3: escargot and jalapeno poppers. Two things I, I love
0: fucking it. love.
3: Oh, they go. They would go so well together though, because escargot. They really would. Escargot is not like greasy. It's more. It's chewy. It's a little lean.
0: It's like clams.
3: Yeah. Um. And again, you got escargot. Then you got popcorn. There's a palate cleanser in the middle. Um. And then the jalapeno poppers. I think that if there is any food that fits the spirit of Buddha's palm, it is jalapeno yeah. poppers. It is But s- it's like
1: you have to bite into it right at the scene with Zapp yeah. Z- Boy. No. You no, have you, to take the bite right when he juices it.
3: No, cuz it's jalapeno popper is golden and you look at it and you're like this is so cool. I know what this is. And then you bite into it and it could be a chicken nugget, it could be a mozzarella stick, but you bite in and you get that ooh, it's a little spicy. Oh, there's cream cheese. What a delight. That is what Buddha's Palm is. It, it You see a thing that you think is instantly <laughs> recognizable, and maybe it's a mozzarella stick, and you bite in, and it's spicier and cheesier than you ever expected. And also, I just freaking love mod, or, uh, par, or, uh, jalapeno poppers and think that they should be av- readily available at every movie concession stand. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I want I them think, more than I want mozzarella sticks. Yeah, they really should be.
3: That's I'm
1: like, why is that not a more common concession? It's I, easy. You, can, I feel you freeze like, them, you deep fry them.
3: I feel like my opinion about it is... Based on the fact that I haven't been on like a romantic date with a person I was trying to impress in a long time, uh, yeah. like I just I've been with the same person for so long that like we're both just kind of like, what do you want? I'll get this. Like we, like we, we'll both order nachos at the movie and it won't be a problem. Uh, like I, so jalapeno poppers to me is a great concession. I feel like a lot of people would not want to have them on a date, and that's where they they get pulled away from the, mm, the concession maybe. stand. They're not I a romantic. I think that's a food.
0: good litmus test.
3: It's not a romantic food.
0: But it's a good way to find out if somebody's like down with you.
3: Oh yeah, can you party? Like I I'm I'm 37. <laughs> if I started dating, I wouldn't be like it, do you party wouldn't mean like do you have cocaine. It would mean like are you going to order your own nachos at the movie? Like what where are what level of honesty are we going to have with each other?
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
2: That's true.
0: I hope and, I don't ever have to uh, date again. Oh, uh, same. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's, let's make a pact, John Michael. If for some reason either of us ever has to date again, we'll date each other. Yeah, no, and 100%. And I will get married t- 10 years from today if we're both
3: single. I mean- I, I swear to God. I don't care if <laughs> Emily and Vanessa are alive. 10 years from now, you're going to be my bride.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Locked it in. All right, let's go.
0: Well, now that we've secured a marriage pact uh, <laughs> on the show- thank you so much for being the jalapeno popper of our lives (laughs) That's
3: true. (laughs) thank you so much for having me guys this has been uh just i mean like hanging out with you guys is always the best but i love plotting double features with movies and it seems like in in these it's weird that we all have so much time to watch shit but if you're like ask a friend to watch two movies it sometimes feels like a burden or like they're like come on you're asking for a lot of my time and it's it's such a special thing to, like, trade it. So I love that you guys have this and allowed me to be a part wow. of it.
0: thank, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that leads me to my next question. Tell us a little bit about your show, uh, because it's <laughs> such a fantastic concept, and it's um, so well executed.
3: Um, I, I have a podcast called Dad Movies with my dad, uh, Bill Bond, Who is a? uh, He used to be a Southern Baptist minister, and now he is uh, unpopular in most churches. He goes to. He he's one of those people who's just like you don't have to accept Jesus to get into heaven because God is love. Like he's 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 become very radicalized in my lifetime. Um, but he also is a giant nerd, and like when I was a kid, he would like rock me to sleep singing Rocky Horror Picture Show songs and stuff. Oh my God! He made sure I saw really good movies as a kid. Um, he. like it's, it's always been an important part of like our friendship and our relationship. Um, And I didn't get to see him for like a year and a half um, because of money and the pandemic. And I I wanted to have conversations with him. I wanted to record them just so like for personal reasons, but as we were doing it, I realized like this would be such a funny thing to have as a podcast. So it's just dad movie picks. It's just the the quintessential Mm -hmm. movies that dad likes. Like, uh, your dad likes Patton, whoever your dad is. Uh, Dads love Shawshank Redemption. Uh, (laughs) Like, every dad wants to watch The Departed right now. Um, But, like, my pop has also, like, kind of weird... Like He likes art movies, but he also just made me watch The Greatest Showman, which is a musical about someone weaponizing the taste of parents. Um, and it's, we didn't agree on it. I'll say we didn't, (laughs) but like he has really wonderful taste. He's super funny. Um, he's very articulate. We also, I'm very, this is a hard sell, but it's my favorite sell for our podcast. Uh, we just finished what I like to refer to as the too fast, fast and furious watch through, uh, where I took my dad who has never watched a fast and furious movie and made him, uh, stuff all of them down his gullet, like foie gras, uh and yes. oh my god he watched them all back to back like game of thrones and um that's the way to do it he fell deeply in love with dom toretto like he loves dom toretto to the point where he refuses to watch hobbs and Shaw because of how much he hates hobbs because he's like hobbs <laughs> is what ha- he, I, I said that hobbs is what happens when you take like a a, a like guy who hires Rambo character and turn him into the main character and he's like no Hobbs is worse than that he's a bastardization of everything this franchise stands for like he gets really intense <laughs> about it
0: oh my god I that's mean, the Hobbs, best sell for
3: Hobbs the show doesn't actually value family oh dude so, oh. if you listen to one I agree you should listen to listen to if you listen to one listen to our review of Fast and the Furious 5 where my pastor father makes a eloquent and well-researched case that Justin Lin is trying to recreate the Gospel of John in a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, uh, baby fight has now become shorthand for the scene where uh, Shaw fights on the plane with the baby strapped to his body. Um, nice, nice. It is. I I would. I dare say that saying listen to nine podcasts about the Fast and the Furious is a mean thing to do to someone (laughs) and I still would say you should listen to this series if only to watch someone who is 100% going in not wanting to do it immediately fall in love with these characters and then defend them almost in defiance of the filmmakers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to go down this journey especially because Elijah is the biggest Fast and the Furious Stan I know.
1: Oh yeah, I've I've been a fan for. People a think now. it's
0: ironic when we talk about it because no, we're like a genre podcast, and I need to say he means it. Yeah,
1: yeah. It I well, like, we saw the no we me. saw the latest one in theaters, and I was just like screaming and pumping my fists the whole time. In it's
3: in part eight at the end, they're toasting and they have Bud, uh, Bud Light, and my dad was just like, I don't understand. I think the franchise they is gone. They drink Corona. Yeah, he was like, what are you... <laughs> yeah, they've, they've forgotten... Bud Light. They left they their roots out. behind. Like, he was furious. <laughs> and then in part nine, at the end, when like they have the bucket of Coronas, it was the first movie... Okay. I'll just say this, and then I'll tell you a little story real quick. Uh, it was the first movie I'd seen with my dad in the Fast and the Furious franchise together, and it was the first movie we'd seen in a theater together in four years. And... When they showed the coronas in the bucket, my dad and a woman next to him who had never talked before simultaneously went "corona!" and (laughs) and from a guy who like nine weeks ago didn't know shit about the movies (laughs) to "corona!" ah!" was "Ah." so. Also, I love that last scene
1: because like Brian's car pulling up at the end. Yes, it's. I mean, it's touching, but I also love what they've done, like, their workaround for Paul Walker, of yeah. course, rest in peace, but their workaround is that, like, when the fate of the world is at stake, he's like, guys, come on, I'm not about that life anymore, I stay home with the kids, I got, but then when they're, ha- he, when they're having a barbecue, he rolls through, yeah. he's like, hey! I love that he's like, got
3: corona. I've had eight adventures, it's time for me to have one. Like, I love that vibe. <laughs> like, it's very... <laughs> very romantic i just
1: just love the idea like his wife goes to save the world and he's like nah nah that's not my life but then he shows up for ribs (laughs) just like they made him a really absurd character and i love it i love it the um Uh,
3: i will say that the the best part about doing the podcast so far is if you follow our fast and the furious uh watch through uh i didn't know when i started it that the week the last movie came out my dad was going to be retiring as a minister um, I found out like oh my God. four weeks before it happened that he, uh, was deciding he was just like, he, he works full time as a hospice minister as, as well. And he was just like, it's time to retire. Um, and he was like, I'm retiring in four weeks. I know it, it's going to be hard for you to get out. Don't worry about it. And I looked at the calendar and it was literally the weekend that that movie came out was the weekend he was going to retire from ministry. So I flew out as a surprise to see him preach for the last time. Cause like you want to see the you know your player play his last game, um, and then afterwards, got to go and see not only the first movie I'd seen with him in like a year and a or in like four years, but like the first Fast and the Furious with them together. And if we hadn't started it the week that we had started it, it wouldn't have lined up that way, and like. It is, I never expected, like, I thought it's sentimental. It's recordings of my dad, who's like one of my best friends. And I'm obviously doing it because I want to have recordings of him for like my grand or my children someday. But like, yeah. I didn't expect to have a sentimental moment this quickly <laughs> where like I'm just like sitting there crying about to watch a Fast and the Furious movie because like I get to see it with like my old man. It is, it is not a sentimental podcast, but I've been really, uh, really proud of how much of ourselves we've been able to put into it. Uh, for all 53 of our listeners. So uh, if you like us, yeah. if you like this episode, check us out. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. I encourage everyone to go listen to, uh, to Dad Movies. Uh, where, where can the people find uh, you and your podcast? Uh,
3: you can find me on Twitter at uh, Bond John Bond. Um, you can find Dad Movies on Twitter. I believe it is. It's Dad Movies Pod. Um, nice. And then I'm on Instagram. If you want to see some of my photography, it's John Michael's Mistakes.
0: John Michael is an amazing photographer and I highly recommend that you do. (laughs) Uh, And you can check out kick screen pod under kick screen pod on all forms of social media. Uh, This week is going to be Sam's last week. So again, send her lots and lots of love uh, while we switch over to our new social media person. Uh, You can find me under uh, at, N-E-S-S Guerrero on Twitter, and SNES Guerrero on Instagram. This name change has proven to be a bitch. Uh, and uh, you can check out the streams that I produce on G4TV uh, on Twitch every Thursday. Elijah, where can the people find you?
1: Uh, for the, the next, uh, oh, actually, by the time you listen to this, there will only be one left. Uh, So on Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday of this month, I was playing a tabletop uh, role-playing game based on A24's The Green Knight on uh, the Wizworld Live uh, Twitch channel. Uh, So it was twitch.tv at Wizworld Live. Uh, Come by Wednesday, watch me uh, role-play some stuff, uh, and then uh, check me out on Twitter. I'm at Elijah underscore pizza. Uh, we We can talk about cool movies.
2: Yay.
0: And uh, as always, remember that we love you and that this episode proves that uh, God loves Dominic D- Toretto. Bye. That's true. Bye.